CNC Masterpiece back here on 105.3 The Fan. We're going to get into the Mike McCarthy presser at some point. Also, we've got a versus opening Christmas presents on Christmas Eve versus Christmas Day, 877-881-1053. Got a couple of Mavs notes for you as well. Is I meant to bring this up yesterday. Is Josh Green said that he'll probably be out a couple more weeks if you're looking for his return. And then Maxi Kleba did undergo surgery for his torn right hamstring. That's not a surprise, but he did have the surgery. His return still undetermined. So Oof. he will be out for... But that might, be, that might be the whole season. Yeah, you might... and Because you're probably looking at at least two months, I would imagine. I would say we just had... Tyron Smith. I know different sport, yeah. different body structure, but that was a three-month situation. Yes. yes, and so I could see that, and then Josh Green will find out, but he said probably at least a couple more weeks, so the Mavericks will be hobbled for a little bit now. Oh, don't worry. Mark Cuban will make sure to spend some money <laughs> and get a good player. Uh, we're going to have to set... I might switch I, some stuff around to get your topic going. Yeah, and, and I know. I think that's a good one to have, but I think, too, is this... Mike, do you feel like this... I know what you're probably going to say, but... Yeah. Do you feel like this is a time like, hey, it, we're still contending. We need to go get some pieces. We've lost some guys due to injuries. Uh-oh. Do they go try and get something to keep this team afloat I think in they, the meantime? I do think that's what they're going to try to do. I do think that. I think they're going to get a bunch I'm of no's. i surprised you said that. From, that is not but, what he wants. <laughs> I know. I would that's do. Why. do I think that's what Mark Cuban's going to do? He's going to try to find a 40-year-old guy who's seven feet tall like JaVale McGee and, and add him to him. the team? Probably so, but pay him just to hang out. But I, I think the smart move to do, and this is a whole topic, but I'll just say it and you can take wherever you want, Kevin, and we can go to somewhere else. I think the smart move to do is to lose out the rest of the year. And I know they're not going to lose every game, but the only way you're going to make this thing right with Luca is to hit in the lottery. Nobody's going to sign here. First of all, you don't have the money to do it, and you don't have the assets to trade for a superstar. So the only way is to get lucky in the draft again and find another Luka to go with Luka, and then you have a chance to do something special. Okay, hypothetically, let's say something, and I hope to God this does not ever happen, but hypothetically, Luka gets hurt. Now what? Okay, Lose, so, baby. Uh, yeah, I think you would lose to put yourself in the best position for the lottery, whether it's... Victor Wembanyama, and that is the superstar seven foot two from France. Or Scoot Henderson. He's a point guard, and I know some people worry about how that could work with Luca. I think you have multiple viable options. Right. Or start watching Arkansas basketball. Because if you maybe you want Nick Smith, the combo guard, maybe you want Anthony Black, who's a more natural two. There are options out there for people thinking this could be a very good top of the draft class. What's the most that they need? What's the necessity that we need the most? Almost everything. And I get that, but if you can go get one piece, it's really going to make a difference. It could be anything. It could let's. Yeah, let's let's go either way. Let's go in the NBA now and then also going forward into the draft. We need this is a must have piece that we need. What is it? If I could just throw out the draft real quick. Yeah. I, that's why I said watch some Arkansas basketball because look, if you can get Victor or Scoot, do it. Let's figure out how it all works together with Scoot later, but I think Nick Smith and Anthony Black are more natural kind of 
potentially off-the-ball guards, or yeah. you could make that combination work with Luka. I would recommend watching some Arkansas basketball and seeing if you like either one of those because I think those are both viable prospects. I know that doesn't help no, now, no, I, but I, just, I, just in the draft, I'm intrigued by those guys. I, it's a great question you're asking, Derek, but I don't have anything to give anybody that they want. Everybody thinks the Mavs don't have any assets, so I've talked to 29 general managers, and they're like, we don't want anything you have. So we're not giving you anything that we have. Right. And so that makes it really tough. But obviously in a perfect world, the way that Luca plays because he wants to play the slowest NBA game possible, like I, if you're making this perfect scenario, then yeah, the perfect guy to go with him is Nikolai Jokic because he handles the ball. He takes the ball out of his oh hands. Oh my gosh. He wants to play slow too. He wants to pass the ball. I would think that they would, because if I get, if I get, let's say the Greek freak, which I would love to get, he wants to play fast, like most NBA players do. And I don't know if Luka wants to play that style. I, I, I can't believe that. Like, I love him, but it seems like Luka wants to play the slowest basketball, walk the ball up, never fast break. And so I have to find other people who don't want to run too. And so I don't think Jokic wants to really run that much up and down the court either. Yeah, I could see that, and that fits in with the 682. Is there a really tall white guy from Europe in the draft? I mean, I know he's not in the draft, but I think Jokic would also fit that sometimes odd Eurocentric basketball team that we continue to build. And and like one of the issues is we were talking about Zach Levine. Like this was a couple of years ago when I'm very intrigued by the fit, and he was more attainable. Like. Now he's to the point where you don't have the assets to go get him. When we brought it up two or maybe even two and a half years ago, it felt more attainable to go get him. And now the concern with Chicago is him and DeRozan are squabbling over how the offense runs or who the offense runs through on a consistent basis. And then that begs the question is, is that going to jive with Luka? Because the offense is going to run through him. They did work well when Ball was there. That he's is he's true. still there. He's just hurt. So it's it's interesting that, hey, Zach Levine sucks. Well, he didn't suck when they had Ball running the, the yeah. point situation. It's now that they don't have a point guard that things are screwed up. And he maybe does not think DeMar DeRozan is much of no. a true fit for that point guard spot. So I think it's a great question. I'm still intrigued by somebody like Miles Turner who feels – Maybe more achievable. He's going to have to hit free agency, and I don't know. Because then you're still going to have to work out a deal with Rick Carlisle. Yeah. And from what we understand, you don't that think, ain't happening. Yeah. The, well, Go I was going to say, the other thing, too, is do you feel, and I know we've talked about this with the Rangers, we have, like, we haven't developed guys. Do you feel like the Mavs, it's in the Twillows, they they put out here, uh, do you feel like the Mavs are terrible at talent evaluation? Yes. 100%. Maybe the, maybe the worst in the NBA. And... Yet they did get Luca, but it was amazing the other day. Josh Howard, yeah. Oh, we got, sorry, we'll get back into this. We got Mike McCarthy ready to go, brought to you by Ford. Built for Texas, built for you on the fan. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Michael will not be here again today. Uh, Obviously, we have a a number of guys, particularly their families, are, you know, fighting through this this period that we're in. Um, So um, it's it's, it's going around. Just kind of follow up on that. How? How has he handled building on what he did last year, just as far as what he handles on the field and off the field? There's so much more attention, really, in both. I mean, really, it's going to be a constant for him, you know, the rest of his career. I mean, I, I, I think it's, it's a great, it's a great position to be in. You know, obviously, when you're the focal point of, of the opponent, obviously speaks volumes of, of, of your, your ability and, and how you can affect the game. So, 
Uh, but yeah, I mean, as far as you know, the chips and, and all those things, and you know, and that's a big part of our scout, self scout each and every week. But you know, he's handling it. Clarence Hill, Fort Worth Star Telegram. How do you go about preparing for two quarterbacks? Have you seen enough of Gardner Minshew? Well, it's just like anything. I mean, I mean, whether it's the offense, the defense, or special teams, you have a call sheet um, that you're that you're building each week based off of you know what you expect and what you've seen. Um, and and, and just actually visiting with Dan this morning, just just going through the calls for both quarterbacks. So you just, in you know, you, you have only so many reps, um, whether it's the walkthrough and team, and, and just you know how you utilize those reps. You know, that's 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 the process you go through. Uh, John Michaud of the Athletic, what do you need to see from T.Y. Hilton in these next few days to whether or not he'll be active on Saturday? I think the biggest thing with T.Y., just, um, you know, he clearly has a really good understanding of what we're doing. I mean, he's picked up the language uh, very well, but just really getting getting the time clock and and just getting on the same page with the quarterbacks and the route running and the reactions, uh, you know, the, the things that we're expecting from a, you know, coverage adjustment standpoint. But, you know, I mean, T.Y.'s played a ton of football. It's just more just getting getting on the same page with the quarterbacks. Mike Todd Archer with ESPN. As someone who grew up in Pittsburgh, what did Franco Harris mean to you? Yeah, I'm, uh, boy, just sad news. Um, just saw that come across um, this morning about you know about six o'clock, and um, yeah, I, I just can't say enough about you know that whole era, you know, of Steelers, and you know, and Franco Harris was was obviously definitely one of the guys at the top of the list, and uh, I think just like everybody, you know, whether you grew up there. Uh, Steeler fans, um, you know, obviously NFL fans, uh, just uh, just really a punch in the stomach, especially, you know, with the immaculate reception, um, you know, 50 year anniversary coming this week, and I know they're scheduled to have a, you know, you know, a little bit of a celebration here at the game with the Raiders. So, yeah, just just sad news. Um, just just I mean, just you know, you, you never want to see that happen to anybody. But yeah, that uh, yeah, that great player, great man. Dallas Martin News. Jalen Hurts has been highly effective in short yardage situations yeah. in the run game. How does that, in terms of his possible absence, change the dynamic of what the Eagles are offensively in those situations? Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, well, uh, compliments to your film study. The uh, third and fourth down reel is, is definitely reflects that. Uh, I, I think that you know the opportunity where you know the quarterback is a primary ball carrier. You know that, that, that obviously gives the offense. You know, one more player for the defense to you know to, to account for. You know, as far as your containing your force and your secondary force components. So, um, but yeah, I mean, we once again we we got to be ready for either one of them. But um, it's it's definitely a, a very tough package to deal with. Todd, uh, Lane Johnson's gone some seventeen games or whatever without allowing a sack. What is it about his ability that that stat is even possible? Well, I mean, I think the first thing that always jumps off the film of Lane is just, you know, his, his gifts. I mean, he, you know, he, he has the size and length, and he's just, you know, twitchy and athletic as, as you know, as, as they come. But, uh, you know, you're talking about a seasoned veteran has seen it all, and, um, you know, obviously playing at a very high level. I understand you're, you're focused on this game, and you're not taking a macro look at things, but you have but, a quarterback in Dak Prescott who's 26 and 6 against the division. When you've had a quarterback who's had that much success over a sustained period, just what does that give you going into division games in general? Well, I mean, uh, you know, as we talk all the time, these are the most important games, and you know, in quarterback, you know, differential is a, is a big part of it. I mean, if you just look at the, 
you know, in the last, uh, was it 11, 10, you know, 10, 11 games against the Eagles, you know, the, 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 the big obvious is our turnover differential, you know, time of possession. And, you know, in one that jumps out is, is quarterback, you know, differential. So quarterback differential factors, and it's just not really just the performance uh, statistically, the quarterbacks, all the things that lead into that. So, I mean, that, that really reflects the, the, you know, our pass rush are we putting, you know, are we getting it done on their quarterback, you know, versus protecting our quarterback. Obviously, both, you know, the run defense for, for both sides will be a, you know, a huge focal point in this game. I think we all recognize that stats point to that. So, I mean, all those things go into helping the quarterback be successful. Yeah. Mike Edward or ESPN, uh, what concerns you the most about the decline of your defense? And as you mentioned the other day, the personnel losses you've suffered at all three levels on defense, what are they capable of at this point? Well, I mean, big picture wise, I, I think just, you know, anytime you go through, you know, a situation where, you know, you, you have to make change because of injury, you know, there's a connection, a timing component uh, that goes, you know, that, that is a big part of, you know, the new guys coming in and playing their, playing their roles and so forth. And, and we're just kind of going through one of those phases right now. I mean, it happens to everybody. At some point in the season, it just you know just has happened to us the last couple of weeks. So, I, I mean, that's about a, as far as it goes with me. I'm I'm just more focused on, you know, how do we get these guys extra time together? You know, it's, you know, the individual uh, film study, just just, you know, just really hammering the basics. You know, just putting it, you know the extra time in, and you know obviously we got the weather coming. Just so it's just staying on top of all these little things that just to make sure that we're getting these guys connected. I mean, we're not putting in a bunch of new schemes because based on who's playing, we're not going to change our fundamentals. We're not changing our techniques. I mean, it's, you know, it's about guys playing together and playing at a high speed together and, and fight through the adverse moments. Cause you know, it's, you know, this game, you know, so much of it comes down to big play production and, you know, and if you just look at the numbers, it, it, it speaks volumes about, you know, a, how we're playing offensively and B with, you know, some of the things that, that have gone on. But I, you know, I just think this is, these are cycles that you go through. Injuries are part of the game, and uh, we just gotta we gotta get through this with these new guys. Jake Ferguson, where is he in a concussion protocol? To what level will he go? Uh, he's getting close. Uh, you know, he's getting close. I mean, he, you know, hasn't been uh, hasn't got through the final the final stage yet, but uh, you know, he looks good. You know, he's he's back to his quirky self, so it's good to have him back. So. Okay. Go ahead. Will he be able to be a limited participant today? Or? Um, I, I know he's going to participate. You know, I just don't know what level because I know the physical, you know, the last part is, you know, the physical part of it. So he'll, you know, maybe limited. I'm not sure what category. You've been particularly hit hard at the corner position. What is your level of concern there? And what sort of conversations are you having with guys like Deshaun Wright and Kelvin Joseph with three games? Well, I, it's not concern. It's more confidence. Just confidence that, uh, you know, just going back to Ed's question, I think just to, you know, just getting them to play together. I mean, you know, all of our young guys know what to do. They know how to do it. They they compete, you know, every single day. But not, you know, now they got to do it with, you know, with our safeties. Get the communication and and then more importantly, be dialed into, you know, who they're playing against, how they play, you know, with their tendencies and, you know, but you know, because when it comes Sunday, they 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 need to go out and compete and play at a high level, be consistent as they can, and not overreact to plays that that don't go your way, and and, and make sure you. Handle the success of the ones that do. So um, you know, it's about football. That, I mean, you know, there will always be some scheme rubs and, and things like that that, that challenge you. Um, that, that's no question. And you know, just the fact that we have two quarterbacks we have to prepare for. But at the end of the day, it's, you know, this time of year more than ever is is really comes down to the fundamentals, and, and that's where that's where our focus is. How 
How challenging is that given the youth of those guys that position having to look at extra tape with the possibility of facing one or the other quarterback? I mean, I won't say it's challenging. It's just, it's just, just our reality. I mean, that's, I mean, that's the state we're in. I mean, these these guys are, I mean, they're so much more rehearsed than I'll ever be on a computer by the time they get here. So I mean, so just all the resources that we have, it's, it's just you know, just getting the work done. All right, there you go, Mike McCarthy, right here on 105.3 The Fan. Michael Parsons out again due to illness and the discussion about how illness has been going across not just the Cowboys, but I'm sure you're aware maybe somebody in your own family has been sick sweeping across the country. We're the KNC Masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan. Coming up next, is the Michael Conforto dream still alive? Is it a dream? Or will the Rangers turn to an old face to patrol left field? Let's talk about it all next right here on The Fan. Drives this one to right field, and Rodriguez won't even turn around. That ball is well up in the Coca-Cola corner. A home run for Michael Conforto. His career-high 29th of the year, and the Mets have a 2-0 lead. KNC Masterpiece back here on 105.3 The Fan. Would you be in on Michael Conforto? I want to talk about him, but also... This blast from the past. I was reading an article by Levi Weaver on The Athletic, and it said, Who's Left to Play Left? I like that title. Michael Conforto was top on the free agent list. Second on the free agent list, Jerickson and Profar. I feel like I feel like Rangers fans would be displeased by that turn of events if that is what happened. He's made his way in Major League Baseball. He He's has. found a niche in Major League Baseball. Obviously, didn't live up at all to the expectations, yeah. right? I mean, he was supposed yeah. to, during the time of number one prospects, it was Mike Trout, then it went to Bryce Harper, mm-hmm. then I think for a second it was Manny Machado, and mm-hmm. then Jerks and Profar. So right. those were They've in all that, had about the same career. Yeah, so obviously Profar is not close to those guys, but he did find a way to stay in the major leagues and be a contributing player in left field in the back half of a lineup. And this last year was definitely his best season thus far in yeah. Major League Baseball. So uh, should I take it, just to start off this conversation, unless you want to talk about Profar okay. more, that we y'all would prefer Michael Conforto to Jerks and Profar, even though Conforto comes with a whole bunch of questions. Yeah, I think there's more risk with Conforto because of his injury, but more reward, too. The, he has the ability to hit 30 home runs. He has the ability to drive in 100 runs. I think Profar is who he is, and it's a nice player that could bat seventh or eighth in your lineup and play kind of every day for you, but he doesn't have, I think, the ability to be what Michael Conforto could be if he's healthy again. I would also go with taking Conforto. I know they're, you know, everybody's worried about the injuries. You could probably get him on the cheap because of that. How do you define that? On the cheap? Yes. Like less than Joey Gallo? Uh, well, I think I'm looking more of it'd be like a one or two year deal. That way, it's a test run. We get to find out. You're gonna you're gonna have to probably give him a little bit of money. I don't know exactly what the market would be on that. Yeah. Uh, would Joey get eight? Eleven. Eleven. So you're gonna have to compete with that. I mean, I would say you'd probably have to give him twelve to fifteen, just because he's definitely. In my opinion, I would say he's probably the better player between him and Gallo, but Gallo has a cannon in the outfield. 
Um, but I, I just think with going that, a guy who's already established himself as an outfielder, the risk, though, comes into diving for balls, messing up that shoulder again. That Which would be that's the red a pretty flag. big part of playing Right. The no, I know. And that's, arm fatigue, that's the thing. You know, obviously, as the season goes on, if he's like, hey, I got a DH, my arm just does not feel good enough to throw the ball in the outfield. But you got to take that into expectations of, all right, if I sign him, we know that we have to Protect slowly him. get him in back to normal. That's why I think the two-year deal is right. Like, hey, the first year is kind of feel it out, get it right. We know you're going to perform, but we want to make sure you're healthy and everything's good. It's just like a guy that comes off of like an ACL injury or something like that. You right. got to give it time. The, the other thing, too, Derek, is I know there's spring training, but spring training at bats are – they're not worthless. They mean something. But people, you're not trying to get them out per se. Like, I got to pitch exactly this scouting report. I know that he's weakened in, in, in this situation and he's stronger in this situation. You're trying to locate your fastball. Maybe that day you're trying to work on your changeup in certain situations. You're not really trying to pitch to hitters. And that's where, like a guy like Depends. you, don't have to comment on this, but that's why Ruggie Odor can bat 400 in spring training is because they're throwing him a lot of fastballs, and they're not going to do that uh, in a major league game. Is I just wonder how many at bats it takes Conforto after missing a year and change to really get in that rhythm, timing, that good feeling getting into the batter's box facing major league hitters or pitchers again. I think it's going to take a little bit of time, but it's just like, as you were saying with pitching, which I want to make sure this is known too, is guys that aren't officially on the team that are competing right. for a spot, they have to come in and they have to pitch. Right. They have to come right out the gate and take care of business. Whereas a guy that has his job already secured, he's got his contract, he gets a little more time where he can play with stuff where it's like, all right, now I can work on this and I can work on that each time he goes out. Whereas Conforto, He's a guy that's coming off of, he didn't get to play last year. So now he's looking at it as, I got to go in there and get my my reps in so I can get myself ready for the season, which I hope people would understand too. Spring training stats don't really mean anything, as you even just stated. Odor could bat 400 and then go in the season and bat 200. So it's it's not, the, the thing is, it's more of, I'm getting myself ready. Nobody gets crowned the Triple Crown or Cy Young or anything in spring training because nobody cares. There's no trophies for that. Right, it's just a time to get ready. There's three or four spots on the team that are kind of available. Right. 21, 22 guys are going to spring training. 100% know they're on the team. On certain teams, all 26 spots are filled. They're like, there's no this spot to even yeah. compete for. When I went to the Mets, there was literally no spot to compete for. Bobby V was like, Mike, if there was a spot, you would have won it, but there's no spot. Yeah. So go down to I've, Norfolk I've been there. and – that's how it was Pitch with great, Boston. and when a guy gets hurt or something happens, then you know, uh, be pitching well so you can be the guy getting called up. Yeah, that happened to me in Boston. You could, I pitched lights out. I was fine. Yeah, there's no spot. That's just the way it is. I wonder with Conforto, Kevin. It, let me ask you this. I'll ask. Okay. Do you feel like it's settling, or yes. do you feel like it's yeah? Okay. But yeah. I mean, <laughs> this is going to sound weird. I don't want people to have this life goal. Settling is not always the worst thing when you've achieved several other things. Like, they've achieved filling out their rotation while still leaving room for competition in spring training. You've got the person that you feel like is your ace. I don't think this is the worst place in the world to settle as long right. as it gives you viable possibilities at left field. Because left field has been really agitating for this club. Don't forget, too, you got doctors and everybody looking at all their medical records. Uh, I'm, I'm going to speak on, you know... Meister, for instance, here in Texas, this guy is incredible at what he does. He's going to look at everything and be like, okay, this is definitely a signing. He is good where he's at. His shoulder looks 
very strong, very healthy. I don't think we need to worry about that. He's going to give the feedback to the training staff and to the front office. This is a guy, we, we can go forward with this. We can make that move. Now, to go along with that, or I guess... Well, my... I want to make a proposal. Uh, oh, I'm married. I, sorry, that's not the way I was going. I don't... Well, well, yeah. Shout out to um, Jackson Noah. The... I think the Rangers should try to make that move. <laughs> what in the world, man? I just miss what Brandon, happened. Brandon's busy doing other stuff right now. You don't like your other son. No, I love my other son. You never just, talk about Noah him. got shots, Noah and so everything. he hasn't been feeling well. Noah this, Noah that. Who gave him shots? <laughs> A lovely lady. You believe in shots? <laughs> Ask your questions. Obviously, we got the shots. I think that the Rangers need to make the move <laughs> to trade for Brian Reynolds. Okay. We keep t- I'm going to keep hammering this because that you want to make this the complete great offseason. It's a great offseason as it is, but really give it an A+. Plus. Go get Brian Reynolds. That is going to cost you a lot, though, is it not? And do the Rangers not have a lot? Well, I like the way you did that. They do. I, I did ask. And, for and you s- can get this guy long term after. You can lock him up, and he is a... Unbelievable asset, great for the clubhouse, great hitter, and a great defensive player. I'm not following the Pirates' farm system and their top prospects. We're not going for their farm system. I understand. But from what I heard from somebody who does follow it, they said a little bit of the issue of trading for Brian Reynolds is their strengths in their farm system are kind of up the middle, and they're young guys. So maybe wanting to trade them to do this, Ezekiel Duran, Josh Smith, Justin Foscu, D- Davis Wenzel, a lot of maybe your depth that you have, they'd be like, well, we don't, we want Evan Carter, or we want, and then they're like, dang, we don't want to give that guy. That's somebody that we see being a major leaguer for us in 2024. We want to give you our depth in the infield, and the Pirates supposedly have Cabrian Hayes is locked in. Uh, it looks like uh, O'Neill Cruz is going to yeah, be a guy locked in. Anywhere. And so your third base and shortstop are filled for the next six years. And so it gets a little bit tough from what I understand trading for Brian Reynolds unless you want to start giving up your quality pitching depth that you have in the minor leagues. Okay. Are you trying to win now with a guy who's already established himself and you don't know what you're going to get out of a minor league guy that comes up? Because you could sit here, we could say all day how great these guys are in the minor leagues, and then all of a sudden they get out, and it's a whole different ball game. And you know just as much as anybody else, pitching in the minor leagues, even AAA to the big leagues, is a big jump. It's a drastic change. So do you want a guy who's already shown that he can be everything that you imagine? Because he's shown it multiple times, and he's been playing for a a bad team. I'm not going to say the Pirates are great. And then you put him on a team that's going to be good. It's going to elevate him even more, and you got guys that haven't really established themselves yeah. or done anything to really stick out and be like, man, he is going to be this. I'm with you if, and this is for, I guess, another segment. Luckily, we're kind of out of time, so we don't have to get too much into it. If you're going to be Steve Cohen, I'm okay with it. If you're going to say, we need two starting pitchers next year, here's $100 million, Chris Young. Yeah. Go get two starting pitchers and two relief pitchers. That's what we need to finish this out because we did trade Jack Leiter. We did trade Owen White. We did trade kind of our two or three guys that we think in 2023-24 can really help the rotation. I know I'm not naming Kumar Rocker yet because 
I think probably teams are a little bit like, hey, we want to see how healthy yeah, he can pitch I agree with that. in 2023 in the minors. Who's your true untouchable in the minor leagues? Probably One. Jack Leiter. Okay. That's so what you I could get rid too. of the other guys then, right? Uh, we're talking, I mean, if it's me, I'm going for this like, hey, we're going to win now. I know if we get him, we're going to win and we'll be able to keep him long term. And I would tell you this, I would still, I don't think when you say untouchable, I want to make sure I understand that I say this. If it's for Ronald Acuna Jr., who's on a six-year then contract, then nobody's untouchable. Right. But if I'm trading for a nice outfielder or a number three starting pitcher, then there are certain guys that I'm not going to move for that. But if I'm trading for a star that I know is going to be under contract for at least three years while you know he's here, then I'm willing to trade anybody in those situations. He's elite. For the KNC- think Reynolds is elite? Yes. He was elite. Look at where he's at. No, he was elite last year. I thought he was still very good. Uh, excuse me. He was elite two years ago. I thought he was still very good this past season. And Brian or Ryan? Brian. Oh, dang. I was talking about Deadpool. We're the KNC Masterpiece right here on 105.3 <laughs> The Fan. Coming up next, who's better, Brian or Ryan? Well, until Brian Reynolds comes here, I'll say Ryan Reynolds. Coming up next, it's time for, shut up, it's time for Gridiron Gravy. Was Gardner Minshew essentially living in a van down by the river? We'll do it next right here on The Fan. Third and four, looking for Robinson, and does he get there? Oh, what a catch, and a touchdown! Wow, what a play! Off a great throw from Minshew, Robinson gets in. Whoo, get ready for some Minshew mania and also get ready to go across the entire NFL and dip into some gridiron gravy. Dip. Almost Christmas time. Okay. I thought you were going to bring cookies today. What happened there? <sighs> Dang it. I thought about it. M&M cookies. I thought my mic was on the whole time. They're frozen. Uh-huh. And they're ready to slice uh-huh. and bake. Mm-hmm. And I Ooh. rode the Peloton. And then yeah. I realized I need to go pick up a couple more Christmas things. Okay. And so I said, screw you guys. <laughs> that was so nice of you. Okay. I'll that's... maybe bring cookies tomorrow. Okay. Maybe oh, I, cool. won't. I won't. I won't bring them on Friday because I ain't going to be here either, Derek. Uh, oh. Me you by yourself? <laughs> I. It's One me. man show. No. Woo-hoo. Me, Woolchuck, and Reggie. We'll be rolling out on Friday. How long's you- Corey's vacation? Forever. Okay. <laughs> I feel he wants to come back. Mm. It's, I believe it's termed an indefinite leave of He absence. left and he said, no, Happy New Year. And Kevin was like, Happy New Year to you, brother. No. Mike, you left like... I don't. I was like Thanksgiving, and you're like, "Yep, Happy New Year, Merry Christmas, enjoy your time. I I'll still, see you guys later." And you're I'm, only gone for like three days. We I'm, didn't know if he's coming back. I'm telling you, the most amazing <laughs> thing I believe I've ever heard at this station was years ago when you were with G Bag and somebody. We were going across the room in a crosstalk right before a crosstalk, and they were like, "Oh, hey, Mike, are you working on like Christmas Eve or whatever?" And he goes. No, it's a holiday. And I was like, okay, you're not in school. Did you request the day off? And he goes, it's a holiday. And I was like, you should probably talk to somebody about that. And it was it was tremendous. All right. It's one of the 10 we get. I, I know, but you still. Eh, you don't have to. All right. So let's start with Gardner Minshew. You don't Is, show up, they'll figure it out. Oh, my God. Please don't do that on our show. Is. Gardner Minshew is making $2.54 million with the Philadelphia Eagles. However, for 
an extended, not impressed, for an extended period of time, he's been living in a bus. He said he mostly parked it outside his trainer's home in Florida, but the Eagles also let him park it at the team facility. Wasn't there a baseball player that would do this? Daniel Norris. He was one of my teammates. Yeah, he's a crazy. He's awesome. He just lived on a bus? It was he like, a, like, in it was a like one of those parking lot during spring training. It was like those Volkswagen oh. whatever that thing is, the yeah, he'd cook. I don't know he what would, you want to call it. You know, it has like a mini kitchen in there oh, or whatever. Yeah. So like a camping thing. So he would just kind of camp for all of spring training camp. Oh. And then he would just take it to whatever Detroit mm-hmm. to yeah. save money and stuff. I'm guessing. He was just, just like, he was, he was he, a minimal minimalist. Yeah. Right? He, so he, and I'm not, he, he didn't really come from much money. Okay. Um, so he like, he cut everything down to a T, like how he wanted to do things living wise, money wise, everything. And, if that was going to save him that much money, he's going to do it. He was the opposite of Latrell Sprewell because when he was offered three years and $21 million from the Timberwolves, he said, how am I supposed to feed my family on this? <laughs> yes. From the 817, I'm really happy. Holy S, I remember that segment, and Mike was so confused about taking time off. All right, that's tremendous. All right. If it says. I know. I understand the I concept, Mike. I do. It's Easter. Is well, Wait, what? what show are you doing on Where'd a Sunday? Get- we is, skipped a few holidays. Did you see an employee? Halloween. <laughs> an employee with the Eagles sent 35 cheesesteaks and 25 large fries to Doug Peterson and the Jacksonville Jaguars staff as a thank you for defeating the Dallas Cowboys. God, what's it like having the Cowboys just live rent free inside? In there? your head. Oh my God. The real estate is unbelievable. Can you imagine? Good job, it could Jerry. happen. What now, if Jerry did that? Trevor Lawrence wins out. Trevor mm. Lawrence then beats Lamar Jackson. Mm. Then he beats Josh Allen. Mm. Then he beats Patrick Mahomes. Mm. And then he beats the Philadelphia Eagles in the Super Bowl. And they're like, even in this make believe scenario, you could put the Cowboys wow, this escalated in there. quickly. No. And they're like, if the Dallas Cowboys would have just won that game, the Jacksonville Jaguars, led by T Law. Mm-hmm. Would have never been in this Super Bowl and never beat us. You know so what? I hope those cheese steaks. I'll tell you right now, are Mike, eaten gonna, and they give them strength to win it all. I'm going to go ahead and make an executive decision. If this scenario happens, no vacation day needed. I'll give you one of my vacation days if you want. You can have the day after the Super Bowl off if that scenario plays out. I do out. not want that day off. If the Jacksonville <laughs> Jaguars win the Super Bowl, I want to do extra time. You're going to be like, listen here. I will here, show up here at 5 a.m. and I'm doing 5.30 to 7 p.m. And I am going to talk Jacksonville for 13 straight hours. It's going to be like some shocking news about like an earthquake or something. And Mike's like, no, 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 don't care. No. T-Law won the Super Bowl, baby. Sunshine time. All right. Let's talk about, we brought this up yesterday and it has indeed come to pass. Did I already mention Nick Foles is going to start for the Colts? Who cares? Okay. Awesome. He's going to start. You might care because he's going to start for the Colts against the Chargers. And I know... That you would like to see Justin Herbert make it to the playoffs. So I don't have four thousand dollars of Justin Herbert that cards. That is very fair. Is yesterday you and Bobby Witt cards? We t- <laughs> we talked about <laughs> get him on the show. I w- I'll I'll talk to him. Okay, great. That'd that would be, be fantastic. He's my favorite. I couldn't tell. 
Derek, you're my favorite. Thank, Thank you, you for coming on the show. Do you have so 8 million often. cards of mine, too, that you would like to have me? I don't. Sign? And it's amazing. Every time he's like, hey, look, I got more Bobby Wood <laughs> cards know. for him and to then sign. My, I, bought 20. I feel like we're really abusing the privilege here. I they're bought in my 20 bag. Bobby Witt Juniors today. They uh, just show up. He'll be like, oh, is this your bag, Derek? Oh, okay, cool. I'm going to put a surprise I want to see there. how many times we can send cards to Bobby Witt Jr. Yeah. And he finally says, I'm not signing anymore. I can't believe he's, he's the not nicest there human, be- human being. I don't think he's going to say no. He's just going <laughs> to. Don't tell Mike that. He's, he's not going to say no. He's going to start typing in 100 lot of Bobby Witt Jr. cards. And it's funny because I like give him the card. I'm like, Here's a whole stack. I promise they're not for eBay, though. I pro- There's only 75 cards you got to sign. Listen, I've already given away six of those cards. Yes. Some of them at some point are destined for Peaceathon. How many make it there? I don't One. know. We Is, don't know. All right. Yesterday, we talked about how it looked like it was down to Google and Amazon for Sunday Ticket. Well, the results are in. They started to trickle in last night. It looked like it was going to be Google. They're going to pay $2.5 billion per year for the Sunday ticket. So it's going to be on YouTube TV for Sunday ticket. And that's been exclusively with DirecTV since 1994. But yeah, Sports Business Journal says YouTube will pay $2.5 billion per year for this package. Just make me buy one thing and stop making me buy 73 different things. And that was the whole appeal of cutting the cord to begin with, right? Is you're like, oh, I can go with, at the time, YouTube TV or I can go on PlayStation. PlayStation. View was exactly. The best. And then everyone was like, well, hold on just a minute. I want my piece of it. It's playing out exactly the way cable became problematic to begin with because ESPN's like, well, now I want this much. And then HBO is the same now. So they're like, well, we can just spin off and do our own platform and on and on and on. And so now people are like, I don't know. We could do the choppy, you know, way of doing it where you, I, we all get something and then he'll just come and use our stuff. Give it to him for free. That does sound like something he would do. What do other people get out of that? Does choppy provide anything for free? I've, I've yet to get anything from him for free. He's a monster, (laughs) but not as bad. He's the fastest eater ever. Yeah, because he says it's like a competition, right? I don't know if I've ever seen him, like, consistently eat. Because remember, we are going to do the donut contest, and he didn't know what a chocolate donut was. What's a chocolate donut, Derek? A chocolate donut? Yeah, explain what you'd say a chocolate donut is. Is it just a donut covered in chocolate? Yep, that is. We show that to Chaffee, and he's like, that's not a real chocolate donut. He's like, I can eat this many chocolate donuts. I go to Krispy Kreme and get the chocolate donuts that say on the menu, glazed donuts, chocolate donuts, and then you have like your apple fritters or cream filled or whatever. I buy a dozen chocolate donuts. He's like, these aren't chocolate donuts. And then he made the bold proclamation that it might be a Southern thing. And I was like, I don't think so. I feel like most people would envision this as being a chocolate donut. All right, let's let's go from that to the chief super fan. Me. Well, you do not want to be this person because they got arrested for armed robbery. And Xavier Babadar wasn't posting online like he normally does. He's the super fan, Chiefsaholic. He's dressed up in the Kansas City Wolf costume and just doing all the general super fan things. Well, he wasn't at the Texans and Chiefs game, and he wasn't as active on social media, and people were like, huh, I wonder what happened. Well, what happened was he got arrested for robbing a bank 
on his way to the game. That's the most astonishing. Like, it was just a stop along the way. Hot he wasn't dogs, like popcorn, yeah, beer. Go rob a bank. He was like, I'm not going to rob a bank. I'm going to the game. While I'm going to the game, I will stop and rob a bank. It didn't work super well for him. And now I wonder how many of these robberies they can go backtrack and be like, hey, Kansas City was playing in this general direction. Is he the person who robbed it and everything like that? So whoops. And there's a couple tweets that probably aren't going to help him out. Somebody tweeted at him, where does the wolf get his money to bet a grand per game? Hope your taxes are in order. His response tweet, last month, I make a good living, plus I hustle in private. House money is what I'm working with, to be honest. Well, what he's hustling with is bank robberies. So, good luck probably being in jail. Mm. Let's go from that to, forgot to mention this yesterday, if you didn't see Jonathan Taylor, he did in fact get placed on injured reserve, so he is out for the rest of the season. Kayvon Thibodeau, I thought he had an amazing response after his top-notch game on Monday. He was asked if he loves primetime games, and he said, primetime loves me. He is the first Giants rookie with a fumble recovery for a touchdown and a sack in a game in Giants history. Now, keep in mind, of course, individual stats for sacks became a thing in 1982, but he's the first Giants rookie to do it and the last rookie across the league to do it. Chase Young, still inactive or still has been inactive. And we have seen and talked about how astonishingly far he has fallen in a really quick amount of time. And then last thing I got for you, who is your coach of the year right now? NFL coach of the year. Oh, crap. Is it going to be Nick Sirianni? Nick Sirianni remains the favorite, but you know who's moving up the charts quickly and is now second? Dan Campbell. For the Detroit okay. Lions. Let, let me ask you That's this, and I don't know this. Did Cincinnati's guy get a lot of votes last year? I think Zach Taylor did. I would have to I go back. I feel like after going 0-2, and, and aren't they 10-4 and 4 right now? That is correct. Mm-hmm. I mean, being 10-2, and 2 and then, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm not saying that he should win, but I think that he should have strong consideration for taking the team that was a nothing, made it to the Super Bowl, started off 0-2, and, yeah. and then 10-2 and 2 in the last 12, and... and I think I would I would strongly consider voting him. And I wouldn't vote for Sirianni just because, honestly, I'm not voting for an Eagle. I would be a horrible voter in certain situations. Yeah. Like, I'm not voting for an Eagle. Rounded out the top five, head coach for the Lions, 49ers, Giants, and the Vikings. We're the KNC Masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan. Coming up next, one big question facing the Cowboys. What is it for you? 877-881-1053. Let us know. We'll do it next right here on The Fan.